0: 20-somethings who are either married or in committed relationships who say their unions are more secure and more honest because they don't believe in monogamy. I just took off my clothes and I had to do it. talking about swinging or, as it's
1: known now, living in the lifestyle. We're going to have to give you some Technically, an orgy requires a minimum of six participants.
0: What my three This is a new generation of swingers. Been coming at you on Friday Saturday
1: Oh Welcome everyone to swinging around episode four. I'm Cal
0: and I'm JB. Today we are bringing you a different type of podcast. instead of talking about a swinger topic, we're actually going to be doing a review of the TV series Swingtown.
1: Yeah, that show aired in 2008 on CBS. And we're going to be bringing you these review shows every now and then, sprinkling those in, making it fun. We're going to have some reviews of some fun adult games lined up, as well as toys, some other TV shows, movies. So
0: Anything swinger or sexually related, we'll pepper in there, just to spice things up a little bit. But before we get to that... Why don't we talk a little bit about business? Well, we haven't gone to any parties recently, but we do have a Christmas not since party. Not the last recording. No. We do have a Christmas party coming up, though. I'm pretty excited about that. It's oh, kind yeah, of next like weekend.
1: A, we just registered for that.
0: Today, kind of, actually. Yep. Kind of a winter ball Christmas fest. So I'm not quite sure what I'm going to wear yet. I need to get something picked out. I remember last year when we went, or maybe it was two years ago, There's a lot of uh, sort of vixen-y, short, skirt, red, velvet, you know, white female uh, like cma outfits that's pretty common i don't have one of those and i don't think i'm gonna have time to hit the stores to, to pick anything up so i think i'm gonna have to raid my closet for something wintery and sexy oh you have hot stuff yeah i've got this cute little red dress that i think i'll put on it's pretty tight pretty slinky it's got that uh silky satiny kind of texture to it which is great for Having hands rub up and down on you. Oh
1: yeah, it rides up pretty high on the thigh too. I mean,
0: (laughs) it does. Put my hands under there. Mm -hmm. I'll have to be sure to not wear any underwear that night. (laughs) It'll be a little breezy in the Michigan weather. Hopefully it's mild. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise I'm in for a little, little breeze. The thing
1: I like about this party, just for boring administrative aspect of it, is most hotel parties have a fee. Almost all of them do, and. Typically, you pay the fee when you get there. What I like about this one is you, I actually pay through Google, just like I was, like, uh, paying with a, on an Android or...
0: Or through PayPal or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so we
1: don't have to deal with that. That's actually kind of cool yep. that they set that up.
0: Yep, normally we have the mandatory stop at the bank ATM to pull some cash to make sure we can cover our expenses when we get in and pick up any alcohol, because the parties we go to are typically BYOB, so... We'll have to make the liquor store run before we get there.
1: Yeah. I remember when the parties switched over, a couple of parties around us switched over from bar to BYOB, and we were pissed at first. <laughs> <We> <laughs> I thought, didn't want the hassle. Well, we thought it was going to be a hassle to bring alcohol, but it's so much e- It's so much better. It's so much cheaper, and you can bring exactly what you want.
0: Yep. Yep. Bring whatever you want, whatever mixers, whatever drinks. It's nice, because if I'm not feeling like a liquor night, I can be a little lighter and, and have those kind of frou-frou off Ices if I want. <laughs> or if I want to go more liquor, I can bring some margarita mix, and i drink with a girl. <laughs> you know, whatever I want, versus before, it would be the whatever the beer menu was, the typical big-name brews, and then I believe they had a choice of a couple of different cocktails, like a Long Island iced tea, or yeah. just regular, your well drinks with one alcohol in your mixer. Yeah. And liquor and I, we have fun together, but our night usually ends in some kind of emotional trage- tragedy. So it's probably better that I opt for the girly Yeah, you're thinking drinks. the
1: beer is a little bit more. Is a little bit better.
0: Well, that's kind but. of what happened last time. At the last party, it was an all-day event, and we brought beer, and so that's mostly what I drank, aside from a couple of celebratory shots before the start of the um, dance party. Yeah, we always have. And that always... worked out a lot better for me, because I didn't get too drunk, I stayed buzzed, I didn't get emotional, which I tend to do, or I didn't, go from being kind of buzzed to incredibly ridiculously drunk with a hangover the next day. I just, I can't control the liquor. I don't yeah. know if it's a woman thing, if I can't process it correctly or what it is, but I, mean, we always I have, don't feel it. I don't feel it. I drink, I drink, I, I drink some more, and then I feel too much.
1: I alternate between, sometimes I'll drink beer, sometimes I'll drink mixed drinks or whatnot, but we always, we always start the night off with some celebratory shots. That's always... Mm-hmm the way to do it. I can't do
0: shots like I used to in college, but I try. <laughs>
1: well, you, you can't when you it's get It's like it, I liver. can taste
0: it more on my tongue. I don't know. The last time, I think we did vodka shots, and those went down pretty smooth. Normally, I do tequila, but and I think you vodka went better. You don't want to get
1: too too drunk anyways because, I mean, you want to have a good buzz, but you don't want to get too drunk because nope. you're trying to flirt for the whole night anyways. Mm-hmm. And, and you meet. don't
0: want floppy cock.
1: And <laughs> Definitely well, I need not. to be able to get wet. Definitely not. And so trying to meet couples and whatnot, you gotta you got to maintain some... Yeah. Some semblance about you. So. Not only
0: that, but you don't want the, I broke the seal and I'll have to run to the restroom every 20 minutes either, Yeah. which is also kind of a pain in the butt, because you'll get a couple of dances in, you'll be feeling good in a group setting, and all of a sudden, oh, gotta go. Everybody knows why, and those women's bathrooms go downhill quickly. They run out of toilet yeah.
1: paper or get gross. The guys' bathrooms are pretty fine, but the people, you know, just like any bathroom guy, just go in and out. The Not Christmas the party should be fun, because... I like the holiday season anyways, and so holiday season plus swinger activity, what's better? Come on.
0: Yep. So I'm thinking about, we know what the women are going to wear, something Christmassy. There'll be some Santa hats, maybe some reindeer ears. People like to wear lights. Ooh, I should get some lights for the titties. That'd be fun. That would be I hot. could find, like, a lit bra. That'd be cool.
1: That would, we don't have much time, but yeah, we can...
0: But the question is, what do the men wear? Because I was thinking about it, and honestly, I'm not into Santa, so, the sexy Santa outfit, even if you're a thin man, it's not going to do it for me. No, Especially no beard. Please don't wear the white beard. <laughs> yeah. So, last year, I believe, you wore your, your tighter dress pants and then some sexy Santa suspenders. Yeah, I think... With no shirt. Last year, I think you wore the your sexy dress pants and your christmas suspenders with no shirt. It was hot.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know what I'll wear this year. I mean, I don't know if I want to wear the same thing again. Now, I know or, there are
0: women out there who like the Santa fantasy, who want to do Santa. I'm not one of those people, but, you know, to each their own, if you're into Santa, if there's something about the, I don't know if it's the domination or if it's... Well, part, I don't of, it's, know. part I, of it's that naughty or nice, <laughs> it could be you've been very naughty. Oh, well, I guess that's true, <laughs> yeah. You've been so naughty that I'll no, do Santa and I'll put you on the nice list. <laughs>
1: Well, maybe you want to be on the naughty list. I think you want to be on the naughty list. I, I'm
0: probably already on the like, naughty list. <laughs> i got to
1: spank you all the time. I, I have to. And usually
0: you're not spanking me hard enough.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You've been naughty. If it's not
0: leaving a hand, red handprint on my ass, it's not hard enough. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I, I think the Santa outfit is typically what guys go for a lot of times. You try to be a sexy Santa, but I could see where it wouldn't work for a lot of women just because the typical Santa outfit is that guy with you know, a beard.
0: Yeah, he's jolly and he's all about celebrating the Christmas spirit and being close and warm and friendly and loving with your family. I just don't attribute that with sexy, raunchy, sweaty, hot sex.
1: So what do you You think would be the hot outfit for me to wear? or, Or anybody, what do you want to see you guys wearing there?
0: Well, I really liked your suspenders and pants shirt, no shirt thing outfit last year, but of course, we don't want every man dressed up that way. So, I don't know. I almost feel like the sand elf is better than dressing as an elf. So, I say no to elves. No to those pointy little curly shoes and fake pointy ears and elf hats with bells. So, that's out. Um, don't dress as a reindeer. That's weird. I think that's pretty bad, too, with the big red Rudolph nose. So, I don't think men can win. I think you're just going to have to go with something that's sexy and red or green. Yeah. Like a tight red shirt or a tight green mm-hmm. sweater or something, but otherwise I I don't think there's really much in the way of holiday wear that a man could wear that I'm going to find attractive. I can't think of anything right now. Maybe after we're done podcasting some idea will pop into my head. But right now I can't think of anything that's Christmas and sexy for a man.
1: <laughs> is this is the swinger mistletoe tradition uh pussy under the mistletoe eat out
0: I think it's a is suck that- on the suck on the cock, yeah. <laughs> the traditional swinger. Hello, we kiss on the lips and then I kiss on your neck.
1: Genital- <laughs> genitals un- under the mistletoe.
0: <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a good one to me. Although we just put mistletoe all over the house.
1: True, true. I might just have to wear some on me at the party. <laughs>
0: yeah. the question is: you drape Where you some put on it? Your titties. You, you drape it on your. You attach it to the fly of your pants. <laughs> oh, you're under the mistletoe. <laughs> yeah. That'd be funny.
1: So I think with that, we'll move on to our review of Swing
0: that was the Swingtown theme song. You can get the 70s vibe from it. So if you didn't already know, Swingtown takes place in the 70s. I think it's in the later 70s. I think
1: 1976. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's mm-hmm. right.
0: So, like we said before, it's a 13 episode series. It only had one season. Debuted on CBS in the summer of 2008. And before we get to spoilers, we'll just tell you a little bit about it that way if you haven't seen it you can opt to turn off the podcast, go watch it, and then come back and listen to the rest because we are going to talk about the whole season. So we don't want to spoil anything just yet if you haven't if you haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. So,
1: but this show, I remember being very excited about it because and I think I first read about it. I remember I first read about it in Entertainment Weekly. That's just an odd fact that I remember. But we weren't in the swinging scene yet. This was what four and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. We weren't, but we were definitely. Thinking about it. We were thinking about it even then. We were talking about it. Mm -hmm. We
0: were mostly talking about voyeurism more than anything, just having sex with another couple in the room. We weren't talking about really swapping or anything at that point. No, no.
1: But I remember hearing about this show and being very excited. We were both very excited about this, this show that seemed pretty risque being on network TV.
0: Right. And when it was coming out, it was pretty controversial because it was on network TV, but it was portraying swinging, which is not something we'd really ever seen before on network TV. So there's a lot of questions about, well, how are they going to show it? How are they going to debut it? Is swing going to be portrayed as a positive thing, as a negative thing? Are are they going to show any sex? Are they going to show any nudity? What's it going to be like? And, you know, having it in the summer, I think, was a great idea because the show took place in the summer, and so it was kind of an easier show to sit down and watch. For me, it wasn't competing with any other shows at the time, being in the summer, although I do believe the Olympics were on uh, that year as well, so it did have to with the Olympics in the Yeah, evening. and I think I
1: might have heard it why it never actually got that second season. It didn't... Spoilers, it, it, you haven't heard of it since then because it only got the one season.
0: Right, and it I was think... canceled after one season. Even though it was canceled after one season, it was still an excellent show. So oh, yeah. it's. I definitely recommend you watch it. It's basically a drama about sexual revolution and finding yourself. And it's centered in the, in the 70s, basically around swinging culture. It takes place in suburban Chicago. So it's not like a downtown, it's it's the suburbia area, so it's couples that are moms and dads living in the local cookie-cutter neighborhood, and it's about how swinging and sexual revolution are kind of infiltrating normal, everyday life. And it's really interesting to see how these couples that are considered to be kind of the societal norm start to deal with swinging, and how they open up to it or close doors to it.
1: Well, that was the big thing then. I know... We didn't live through that time, but that was society was going through a shift in norms. There was w- women's liberation was going on right then. That's and... also a
0: central theme of the show. Mm-hmm. So one other thing to mention before we get to spoilers too is that the show does center around three couples. They're in various states of sexual openness, and it is a hot, hot show. Um, we hadn't started swinging yet, so just watching a show that conceptualized swinging for us, was incredibly hot. And I remember we would watch an episode and then, like, immediately rip each other's clothes off oh, yeah, we'd need just, to fuck.
1: We would just watch... Uh, yeah, I remember watching the pilot... The sexual the tension pilot just build and build. And just build. busting into the bedroom and just fucking.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's on regular broadcast TV, so you know that there's not explicit nudity. There's not explicit sex scenes. And we didn't need that because they hint at it so well. And they leave more to the imagination that I actually think it's better in some ways than if they did show you what it didn't need, you know, show you the titty or show you the ass, they hinted at it and they would fade out as a couple was leading another couple into the bedroom and then leave the combinations to your imagination, and that was just fucking hot. We'll talk more about the pilot because Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the quintessential episodes of the series, and Mm -hmm. I mean, it sets the tone for the whole rest of the series, and it's a hot episode.
1: But if you haven't seen it, stop in just a moment before we get into spoilers, but we definitely recommend it. It has fantastic production values, and on the DVDs, there's commentaries on a few of the episodes. I believe the pilot—actually, the pilot and the finale are the only two, I think, that actually have commentaries. But you can see from watching the show how much thought was put into it. But then listening to the creators, you can tell that everybody just really wanted to make it authentic and true—
0: and they really and did their research as to what it meant to be a swinger then. I think those feelings still apply now as to what it means to be a swinger and to be in the lifestyle and they really just portray the lifestyle in suburbia quite well. I mm-hmm. think they do it justice. I can't say if they did the nineteen seventies justice or not because I didn't live through it, but from what I saw I think it's fairly authentic.
1: It it makes it seem like the seventies was the time the place to be. Yeah,
0: it makes me wish I was had the opportunity to live through the 70s at oh, yeah. that age. You know, it would be in the 20s oh,
1: or early, oh, yeah. early 30s. 20s or early 30s. If I could time travel for a spring break, I would definitely go back to the 70s.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So with that, I think we're going to move into spoilers. So if you haven't watched the series and you don't want to know about it until you've had the opportunity to watch it, pause our episode, come back and listen to it at another time, or maybe still listen and get even more intrigued about the show. So I was thinking there's a lot to cover with respect to this show, and I don't want to go through episode by episode and and describe everything that happens, especially if anybody's listening who hasn't watched the show yet. And even if you have, you don't need a play-by-play, you watched it. So I was thinking of kind of going into detail about each of the the main adult characters, what we think about them, what their relationship's like, and then relate back to some of the main story arcs, what goes on in in the uh, series. Mm -hmm. So I thought we could start with Tom and Trina Decker. They are the primary couple in the lifestyle.
1: The sexy next door? is
0: Sexy, I think they're the neighbors across the street. But yeah, oh yeah, they don't live in, yeah, you're right. So the there's three couples, like we were saying. There's the main couple who are Bruce and Susan who are sort of the couple in the middle who start off not being swingers and, and start to be uh, chauffeured into the lifestyle. There's Tom and Trina Decker who are the swingers in the lifestyle that are showing Bruce and Susan the way. And then there's a third couple who are Janet and Roger, and they are the couple that's not in the lifestyle. So we start off talking about Tom and Trina. They're this couple that's in their mid-30s. You can tell they're well-established. The man is a successful pilot, so they've got some money to spare, and they don't have any children. So really, the swinging lifestyle is their hobby. It's what they do, and you can tell that they enjoy it and they do it well. Mm -hmm. And what I really like about that couple is that You can tell that they're really open with one another. They talk about how they feel.
1: Yeah, their communication is great. And I know we've emphasized that and will emphasize that, that communication is paramount to the lifestyle. And they just exemplify that.
0: They are incredibly
1: open and honest with with each other throughout the entire series.
0: Yep. And I like Tom as a character. He's got the classic 70s mustache.
1: 70s mustache. Shirts he's... Always, he's always wearing a button-down, <laughs> and it's always open. It no sh- is, And no he's sh- yep. bearing that magnificent chest.
0: That hairy chest of his. <laughs> <laughs> Very much 70s hair all the way. And he's just the smooth-talking ladies' man. You can tell he knows when a woman needs a compliment. He knows how to deliver that compliment. There's one particular scene where Janet, um, who's the tight-laced, tight-knit woman of the group, she's kind of alone, off by herself, and you can tell that she's feeling a little bit depressed, I don't remember what it was about, and he walks up to her and kind of puts his arm around her lower back and gives her a compliment, and he kisses her, and her face just lights up. You can tell that she, all of a sudden, feels wanted and feels loved, and it's... You know, it's a platonic kiss for him, but for her, mm-hmm. it, you know, you could tell it meant the world. He's just truly the ladies' man. Do you think that we should talk a little bit about the
1: pilot? We don't need to talk about each episode in particular, but I think talking about the pilot and how the pilot sets up the show would be good because the pilot sets up Bruce and his family moving into town.
0: Sure, I was thinking we get through, get to that after we talk about each of the characters, but if you want to talk about it now, let's talk about it now.
1: Okay. So in the pilot. Well, the the very first thing is the first image you see of this show ever is Tom.
0: Yep, Tom's in the plane. He's Tom's flying in the plane. plane,
1: and there is what looks like a stewardess bobbing up and down on his lap. You know what? The, you know.
0: <laughs> yep. The so, heads moving, and you're thinking, "Oh my <laughs> gosh, how is this show starting off?"
1: Starting off with the pilot getting head, but then she comes up. She's actually an older woman. She was she was an older flight attendant.
0: Not attractive.
1: No, she looked like she was about. In her her 60s, but they had done her hair up so that when she was bombing, all you could see was her hair and it looked like... um, And it
0: turns out she was just wiping a coffee stain off Yeah, she was wiping a coffee
1: stain off. And the show jumps right into letting you know what it is. Another flight attendant, who actually is incredibly attractive, Tom invites him over to the house, and then him and Trina get together and have a threesome. And immediately following that, Trina's looking out the window and she sees a couple moving in across the street, and you find out that that is Bruce and his family, and they are transferring from, still Chicago, but they're transferring from a little bit...
0: More of just a normal middle class. Normal they're, middle they're class. They're moving to an upper middle class area.
1: He's He's got a job promotion, and they're, so they're moving in to, yes, an upper middle class area, and they're very intrigued by, by Bruce and Bruce Susan. Bruce
0: and Susan. And yeah, you, you can see this little eyebrow raise and smile on Trina's face. As she's looking across the street, Bruce and Susan are standing on the doorstep of their house, and I believe they, they either kiss each other or they do something affectionate to one another, and Trina's intrigued, like, ooh, this new couple. Because I, the thing about swinging is you want to be with another couple who's in love, too. Mm-hmm. They love each other. You need to be with somebody. And they kind of established that in the pilot, that Bruce and Susan are a couple that loves each other. They have an established relationship, um, but I think that's also part of their problem.
1: And they go through trials and tribulations throughout the, the show, but that's what they tried to set up in the pilot was that they are a pretty loving couple who have their stuff together and then that's sort of sort of the drama that unravels throughout yeah. the series. So they're moving in and you find out where they came from and you find out that Janet and Roger their best friends from the neighborhood that they're currently or their their old neighborhood, you find out that they're their best friends and they're the almost the complete opposites of Tom and Trina, in that they are very prim and proper, and looks like they haven't really moved past the 1950s.
0: Yeah, the thing about Janet and Roger, the more I think about them, and I think it's mostly driven by Janet, as you can tell as you you progress through the series, is that they want to be the societal norm. They follow the societal stigma. So they're the kind of people who would say, you don't swing because you don't, because you're married, and you can't. And they wouldn't be able to provide you with any other reason besides... Because you don't. Or another example would be, you can't show up to a party late because it's rude.
1: Yeah, that's for no reason. That's just just the way it is. It's just just the way it is. They're
0: very much the kind of people that have to follow the societal norms. Mm -hmm. And what I find interesting about the show is that Trina is the type of person who doesn't believe in the societal norm. She believes in doing what makes you feel good, and what makes you feel right with yourself, regardless of what society says. And that really starts to rub off on both Susan and Janet throughout the show. And the way you can see that is Janet starts off as a homemaker who serves her husband. And she's content running the house, cooking dinner every day, getting the children off to school, doing all those sorts of homemaker activities until Roger loses his job. And she fights with herself and decides to get a job, which is completely going against society norm, but she does it. Mm In the 70s, women didn't work necessarily, or most women didn't work. Maybe they were starting to with some women's lib movements and feminist movements, but really it wasn't something that Well, especially happen. not
1: for her. For her, she still... Janet was still had the mindset that she is the housewife and that's how it goes. Yeah. But that pilot did a fantastic job of setting everything up in about 15 minutes for the rest of the show. Pretty much you know that and you can watch the rest of the show. Now there's drama that goes on, but it's essentially three levels of couples the incredibly open couple with tom and trina and then the couple that moves in
0: and is mid-stage you could say mm-hmm. there and and the reason i think they're mid-stage too is because they set up also in the pilot that this couple got together when they were 18 the woman got pregnant and they got married because that was the thing that you had to do and so now they have a you know they're in their mid-30s and they have a daughter who's 17. And they also have a son who's, I think, 12 or 13, something like that. But they're still in their sexual prime trying to figure out what they want and what they need, even though they've been married for 17 years. So they set up this difference in what they, you know, figuring out what they might want and what they might need, despite the fact that they've been married forever, where you'd think that they'd already know that, but they don't. Because they grew up together. And now they might be starting to go their separate ways, where... Bruce wants to move into this new house, move into this upper-middle-class area. And you get the idea that maybe Susan's not ready for that change. Or she's ready for it, but she's unsure of herself or where she falls into this new lifestyle. Meaning this new upper-middle-class area. Like her husband's moving on and she's not. So it's really, I think it's an interesting dynamic that's happening in the show. So other things that happen in the pilot... Susan and Bruce get invited to go over to Tom and Trina's house. They're new neighbors across the street, so they're like, "Okay, let's go." It's the day they move in. They don't have anything to do. They don't have to worry about their kids. They're old enough to take care of themselves. So they get all dressed up and they go across the street to the neighbor's house. The neighbors having a party. Little do they know, it's a swinger party. There's couples everywhere. Everyone's drinking. Now, there's no pressure for Tom and— or sorry, there's no pressure from Tom and Trina for. Bruce and Susan to do anything and I don't think they initially even realized that it's a swinger event. I don't think they could really tell at first.
1: No, I don't think that they knew. And then it took throughout the middle of the party, Bruce and Susan learn through various means that they're what's going on. They separate things happen at the party that clue them in. Yep. As to what's going on. Janet
0: and Roger also happened to to stop by and they go to the party as well. They stop by the Miller's house. Bruce and Susan's, and Bruce and Susan say, "Hey, why don't you just come on over?" So it's old friends meet new friends. And there's a funny little scene where uh, Janet's looking for her friend Susan. She can't find her, and so she asks Trina, who's hosting the party, "Hey, where's? Have you seen Susan?" And Trina slyly sends her to the playroom. Ugh. She gives her directions to go over to the playroom, and in walks Janet, Miss Tight Little Priss into this room and they show this guy, he's shirtless, and there's probably about five or six women surrounding him and it's just their hands all over him. And that's about the closest you get to seeing an orgy. And she just has this, oh my God, look on her face, slams the door, runs out, grabs Roger and says, this is a swinger party. (laughs) And she says to Bruce and Susan, do you know what this is? This is a swinger party. We have to leave. And Bruce hugs Susan from behind and says, We're staying. Yeah. It's hot.
1: Yeah. And it's funny having now been to many parties that have playrooms to see just how CBS had to portray the playroom. I mean, I give them credit for showing anything, but when you watch it, it it is kind of funny. It's just one guy laying there, and all you can see is his chest, and Mm -hmm. then just three different women draped on him, but nothing's...
0: There's no boobs, there's no penis, there's no ass. I mean, I don't even think you see the women's heads. I think you just see their arms and shoulders. Yeah, their
1: shoulders and backs, and yep. Yeah, so it's very but nondescript. It's still pretty hot, though. I mean, they do a good job of with the music. And that's something else that I have to give the show a great deal of credit for. I mean, I guess this comes with any period show where you're putting yourself in a very specific time and place, and you want to evoke that, and so you try to pick out classic songs that will do that, but that is something that the show does very well, I think, is picking out those songs that capture the moment that they're in.
0: Mm -hmm. I think my my favorite arc in the show really is what's happening to Susan. Uh, Maybe because I can relate to her a little bit, I don't know, but I'd I'd like to talk a little bit about that, because we start off with Susan being unsure of what she wants, and in the pilot, again, some more setup, there's a scene where Susan is uh, unpacking her I'm sorry, she's actually packing, they're getting ready to take stuff over into the moving van, and her and her daughter, who's 17, get into some kind of a little tiff about something, and somehow it comes out that her daughter is sexually active at 17, and that worries the mom because she was sexually active at that age, and that's how she got pregnant, and they have this little mini argument about it, and you can see this look of fright on Susan's face, and in her daughter you can see this look of security. And what I think it's getting back to is her daughter is very much a woman's liver at her age and she's living the time versus Susan, who's been married since she was the same age, is just now starting to live the sexual revolution. So in in an essence, her and her daughter are at the same place, even though they're eons apart in age, and I think that scares the crap out of Susan. But I think it's really interesting that she's this mid-30s woman who's just now starting to realize what sex is other than being with her husband.
1: Because it's
0: been defined by her husband her whole life. She's just getting to
1: that point where she's starting to... Her children are getting older, and they're needing her less, and she's at that point where she's starting to look for a little bit more, and throughout the course of the show it comes out of her Her shell a little bit and
0: and i think her husband's looking for more unfortunately though he finds more in a co-worker who he has more in common with yeah rather than yeah, that's more part of in the, his wife that's part
1: of the drama that unfolds throughout the show is the deceit that can happen even in what is a more open relationship i wouldn't say that they have an open re- they, they never I don't have think They complete- communicate
0: well actually i i think that they both hide what they're feeling or maybe don't probe into their own feelings enough i think that number one neither one of them is really sure what they want and in that first pilot they have a a swing they do a swap but they never took the opportunity to talk about their rules to figure out what makes one another jealous to figure out what they like what they don't like or what their motivations are for even getting into the swinger world other than the excitement of the sexual nature of it so I don't think that they communicate very well, even though they are that mid-level couple that's experimenting with swinging. I don't think they really know why they're getting into it other than it's hot and sexy.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
0: that's... I, I can't remember if it was right at the end of the
1: pilot or the beginning of the second episode, but the morning after the Decker party where they um, swung with Trina and Tom, you can tell that they, they wake up and they're pretty excited from what happened. And, but then there's a shot where... Bruce walks away and the camera pans in on Susan and she goes from smiling to you can just see this change in her mind like what did we do? Am I okay with this? Yeah. And you can just tell that I'm
0: pretty sure my the... face made the same face after our first swing or But time. all the stuff that's going through her
1: mind, the actress did a very good job yeah. there. I think a lot of that is from the uncertainty of,
0: of what not they knowing did. what they
1: did because they haven't really communicated and is this somewhere that they want the relationship to go.
0: And I don't think any of that feelings that she has gets communicated back to bruce appropriately i think it gets it gets out little by little as they get mad at each other in different fights i think they use what they did kind of against each other a little bit but i don't think they really sit down and talk about what they did why they did it and that's a big problem that gets back to that whole centralized scheme of communication which is huge i think another interesting arc that happens is what happens with roger who is married to Janet. They're the straight-laced couple that adheres to societal stigmas. And throughout the course of the show, he starts to develop feelings and, at the end of the show, fall in love with Susan, who is his wife's best friend. And I think this is the classic swinger fear, is that your spouse will fall in love with somebody else. I mean, it's a little bit different because they're not swinging with each other, but it's clear that emotionally... Roger becomes closer with Susan than he does with his own wife. He shares uh, his intimate feelings about a new job that he's starting with Susan and not with his own wife.
1: They seem to be more kindred spirits in that sense. And there's a lot of little seeds throughout the show that...
0: So you don't think he's actually in love with her? Do you think they just have like a common... Maybe they're both going through the same kind of growing pains, finding themselves?
1: Well, no, I think he definitely is in love with her. And I think Susan is in love with him. But what's interesting is I think a lot of that comes back to, everything comes back to communication. I think a lot of that comes back to, because Susan's relationship with Bruce is deteriorating throughout the show because of a lack of communication, and Bruce gets involved with his coworker, and Roger and Janet start to have issues because Roger loses his job, and he doesn't tell her, he doesn't communicate with her. Right, and she, a, I think
0: she's forcing him to fit into a cookie cutter mold that he doesn't fit into, he was an insurance salesman, he didn't want to do that, he wanted to find another job, but he didn't know what that was, and she didn't understand not knowing yourself enough to know what you want to do. Mm-hmm. So I think their lack of communication comes from his own fear to communicate with his wife, and her fear to not of not adhering to societal norms. So it leads to Roger moving into the arms of another woman, kind of a scary thought. I mean, that that's... But I think that can happen in real life too, that if you don't allow yourself to be emotionally connected to your partner, that partner is going to seek emotional connection with something else or someone else. I mean, that could be an emotional connection with food, people who emotionally eat, or it could be an emotional connection with somebody at work, either uh, someone of the same sex where they're just best friends, or it could be someone of the opposite sex that developed into something more why, again, communication is huge in this, and not having expectations of your spouse that are unrealistic allowing your spouse to be who they are.
1: I agree. Those Those are all pretty good points. One of the things that I wanted to talk about was having watched this series a couple of times now, the first time being before we had gotten into swinging, and now we've watched it after we've gotten into swinging, I wanted to talk about how well we think the show portrays swinging As it is now, as we know it, because it's tough to say how well it portrays what was going on then. But it is good, I think it'd be good to compare our experiences now with what we see on the show and how realistic we think that the emotions that they feel. Because I think it does a pretty good job.
0: I think it does too. I think that Bruce and Susan would represent the classic couple that jump into something not necessarily knowing what it is they're jumping into because it excites them. And then they have to deal with those repercussions afterwards, and they might not be the every couple because I don't think that their communication is as open well, as it should be. I but think they're, I think they're scared. They're
1: well, they're very. They very clearly represent, you know, couples that we know and and even we we've been sort of at that place before, very early on, when you haven't really established your rules and you don't really know what you're getting into. You know that it's exciting, and you know that. You're enjoying it and it's exhilarating, but you haven't clearly established the rules and you might, like Bruce, bend the
0: rules every now and then and think it's okay. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Not realize that your partner's getting hurt and your partner, Susan, might not be initially open about the fact that they are hurt because they feel like, well, I shouldn't be hurt. We said this was okay.
1: One of the things that I really, really like is how... The show portrays Tom and Trina as just being completely wrapped up in each other. Even though they're the couple that sleeps with more people than anyone, they're the couple who is most secure in a relationship.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and there's a portion of the there's there's one part where Tom is he's a he's a pilot and he was on I think a Tokyo run so he's gone for an extended period of time a couple of days at a time and he was at a hotel party after one of the long Tokyo flights and. Some of the stewardesses invited him back to their room, and he went. So he was essentially playing without his wife, which you get the idea was not in alignment with the rules at the time. And when Trina finds out, she's upset about it because he broke a rule. Mm-hmm. And so they sat down, and they had a discussion about it. And Tom realized that he had done something wrong. It was outside of what the rules allowed. And eventually, after some other things went down in another episode, they decided to go on a break. But they were open with each other. Trina was jealous, Tom admitted he was wrong, and they got through it and worked through it. I think had something like that happened with Susan and Bruce, it would have been a whole different story. But they're actually the couple that I
1: think every Swinger couple should strive to be. They're the couple who's incredibly open and honest.
0: And they throw some fantastic swinger parties, too. Oh, my <laughs> they, God. I would love to the, go to they their have, key they party. Have the,
1: they have the great house with, you know, the pool. And the bar. And they the have bar. the swinger they house. Have they the, have a
0: playroom in the basement. Oh, my the, God.
1: I mean, some of us will set things up. If you have people over, you invite a couple over, you know, but we don't have a dedicated room for it.
0: (laughs) They have the swinger house.
1: That, yes. I mean,
0: it helps when you don't have children and when you make a decent amount of money that those all add together to make you a better swinger host, but they do it with style.
1: One of the things that's really interesting about watching the show is you can just see, at least in the way the show portrays it, and the way that, from my understanding, the way that the 70s were in general. and. I know that there's a lot of you out there who might who might have lived through it and would know firsthand how accurate it is. But it's interesting. Yeah, there's, there's
0: some Amazon reviews I was reading through. Or there's some angry people who say that the the music may not entirely line up correctly with the timeline. Or oh, well, there might be some decor that doesn't match. 100%, well, no, I think what
1: they mean, uh, yeah, but those are people who are nitpicking. I yeah, think it's I know. Like, I, I, think I it's disagree like, with that. Oh, that that song came out in 1977 versus this show taking place in 1976. <laughs> yeah, but. It's really interesting how open the lifestyle is then compared to now. If that's the way, if this show portrays swinging, and there's not a lot of media to watch about swinging's history. So a lot of what I can take from the 1970 swinging scene is actually from this show. And it's not really hidden. It's not. Nobody really tries to hide it. It is out and open. People know it.
0: And it seemed like not a big deal, even if you didn't swing to go to a senior party.
1: Exactly. Or and it seemed like not a, a big
0: deal to go to a key have party, a key party. You, where and you, they you had, go home with a different different person that night.
1: And they had the Playboy Club then, which I know Playboy Clubs have opened up recently, but they don't have the clubs anymore. I mean, I know there's that there's a documentary out there, what is it called, about the, uh, the Play-Doh Club in New York City that...
0: It's a good documentary. Was
1: an open... We
0: might review that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's on a list. The Plato doh Club is a, was a club in New York City that was a well-known, it was an open, well-known, everybody knew it was a swingers club.
0: Mm-hmm. There are still swingers clubs out there. I don't know how well-known they are, though. Exactly, that's, know, what, that's or the
1: point that I'm making. I don't though, know how open the
0: people who go to those clubs are about it, and, and that's... Another topic for another day about how to come out and when to come out if you should come out, but
1: but it really seemed to be it seemed like
0: people could be out then more than they are. It really
1: seemed to be the show portrays it, and my knowledge of history really portrays that era as being a sexual revolution. Yeah, and then it seems like things have gone better. Things have gone backwards. Exactly,
0: things have gone backwards now.
1: We have to you you have to hide everything. You have to hide your activity, anything.
0: I don't know if Bruce and Susan would come out and really let people know that they were swingers. I mean, their daughter caught them in one of the episodes, and they were pretty damn embarrassed about it. I don't know if they really would have come out. Yeah, Tom and Trina were out about it, but they also didn't flaunt it. I mean, there's a difference between having some of your closer friends know and having everybody you work with and everybody else in the world know. I mean, there were repercussions. That's why Tom ended up on the Tokyo Run. He used to be on a on a, just a shorter flight, where he'd be home every night, and because of the incidences with his stewardesses, they actually put him on the Tokyo run because they didn't. It was a, it was a punishment for him. Yeah, So that's, that's there true. are repercussions for it. But the it.
1: show—it's just my perception that the show really I mean, people are hiding, but it's it's much more out in the open. It's not completely open, but it's much more out in the open than I feel like society is now.
0: I don't know about that. I don't know.
1: Well, I guess I, we disagree on that. But that's my—that's what I think about what I mean that's my takeaway. Mm-hmm. Not not my only one, but that's a takeaway is that how I think just things were like op- more th- open
0: in the seventies in general. Things but, in but then again, I mean there was the whole problem with when Deep Throat came out, which was the same time period, Harry Reeves being prosecuted for it. I mean, there was still a lot well, of the porn. insecurity mm-hmm. in in the world about pornography and about just anything relating back to sex in general.
1: And I recognize that a lot of that is just my perception of the 70s comes from a lot of movies, and it's essentially history for me. Right. I don't, I, we didn't live through it, but, but...
0: Getting back to your original point about how well does Swing Town portray swingers, I think it does a very good job. Having been in the lifestyle now for a few years, I think they do a great job of portraying all the different aspects of swinging, from jumping in to swinging, dealing with friends who are not swingers, dealing with jealousy, dealing with attraction to people know, other couples, bring new couples home. All of these things are things that are brought up in the show, and I think they're portrayed quite well. And then there's also just dealing with going on a break and when a couple might go on a break or when they might decide to come out of their break. All these different concepts are all touched on in that first season, and I really wish they had the opportunity to have a second season so that they could delve into some of those concepts even deeper.
1: Yeah, they left a couple of cliffhangers. I mean, it, the finale tr- serves... As a series finale, kind of well, but there's there's definitely some cliffhangers. I mean, Roger is in Susan's hotel room at the end, and
0: well, vice versa.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, Susan comes to Roger's hotel room, and that's you
0: left don't know on a cliffhanger. But it's gonna happen. Yeah. I
1: I definitely think that they got it on though. They well, that's the higher they, way to think about it. They definitely fucked.
0: She got all dolled up for him, so you would think if a girl puts on makeup and the dress and the hot heels and perfume, no penis is going to say no to that. (laughs) If that comes into your hotel room, you're going to say yes.
1: Yeah, I agree. So that's our take on Swingtown. Hopefully it wasn't too boring for those of you out there.
0: Yeah, I hope we did the show justice, because it really is a good show. There's a lot of themes, there's a lot to talk about, and I think we just touched on some of it. There's a whole other series of story arcs regarding the children of these characters yeah, that we even talk about. But there's
1: some normal drama that, not, not swinger drama, there's some normal drama that goes on with the kids, although the daughter and her teacher's a little scandalous. I like that, that arc. Yeah, we, we wanted to highlight this show and bring it to some people's attention because it's a great show and there's not a whole lot of media out there. For and it made
0: us fuck. <laughs> and if it makes us fuck,
1: it's worth talking about. Agreed, agreed. <laughs> but there isn't that much swinging media out there and anything that got it any that brings it to the forefront of people's attention is 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 great and so
0: people talking about swinging i remember we talked about it at work sitting around at lunch and initially you could tell people were a little embarrassed to admit that they were watching it but once it came up and i think it took a little bit more of a brazen individual who didn't care what people thought of him i think uh, one of the guys at work brought it up and suddenly everybody was open and talking about it and how much they liked the show and these are people who i I'm pretty sure aren't swingers, and I wasn't a swinger at the time. You never
1: know. Actually, no, no, I th- I think we were, actually, because it had been a couple years after the show came out. Unless this is a different, unless we're talking about a different. Conversation. Oh, I'm talking
0: about when the show actually came out. Talking about the show. Oh well,
1: then never mind. I was talking about another party we were at a le- oh. last summer. No,
0: nope, I'm talking about the where
1: incident. your coworker brought it up.
0: Oh yeah, remember separate incident though.
1: Yeah, it's our intention to talk about to track down and do reviews of all types of, all types of like I mentioned, all types of products, but. Specifically, Swinger movies and Swing... There's there's a little bit more media now that we've started digging around. There's, there's some more portrayals than we actually realized. But it's too bad that society just wasn't quite ready. There's a number of factors that went into it not being renewed and picked up for a second season. The ratings were low, and that had to do with the Summer Olympics was going on as well. But I think society wasn't...
0: I think the CBS might have been a little afraid of the show, too. When you listen to the the commentaries that the directors talk about. There's a lot of give and take as far as things the directors wanted to do and things that CBS didn't want to do. And There's a lot of compromise, although when you watch the show, you can't tell that anything. compromised. Oh, yeah, that brings up a fantastic The show has some great artistic integrity that it doesn't look like they truly compromised on much of anything. No, they did a great so job So whatever decisions they ended up coming to, I think they really worked out well.
1: They did a great job of keeping their vision... With the, con- with the constraints that CBS put on them. Yep. But it's just too bad that the ratings weren't there. And I have to wonder that if the show got the same ratings, but it wasn't as risque, if they would take the take the risk on renewing it. And it has to do with, you know, when it gets into TV politics, to who's actually, what brands actually want to have their ads running during the show and all of that. But it really is a shame that that show didn't get a second season.
0: would have been great even if it did get picked up by HBO or short time. Oh, yeah, there up. was cable networks. There was talk about
1: it moving over to... Uh,
0: now we could see some titty. Oh oh It would
1: have been an incredibly hot show, but I remember but hearing... But maybe,
0: maybe it would lose some of that imagination about what's going on behind closed doors, too, It have been pretty fan- hot.
1: It would have been fantastic to be on something like AMC Now. With, they have great s- s- stuff True. with Breaking yeah. Bad, but they're also HBO. And I actually remember hearing that HBO passed on it just because they had... Big love going on,
0: mm. and it, I like Big Love, but this show is better. It sort
1: of dealt with similar
0: type of things. Not, yeah, I mean, not quite. It was big polygamy. love. Big love was polygamy, it was, but it was still, still similar. Multiple
1: relationships mm-hmm. and the dynamics between those. But yeah,
0: although I have to say, Swingtown, when portraying the lifestyle, does a better job because that wasn't the point of Big Love. I mean, Big Love had some interesting moments, but there was never any threesomes. It was strictly polygamous sex, where it would be at any given time, the man and one woman. There was never any threesome yeah. sort of behavior in it. If there yeah. was, trust me, I would have been even more into it, because I like that show.
1: <laughs> so we hope you all enjoyed this review episode, and there will be more to come. We're going to sprinkle them throughout our regular episodes. Next week, we will be talking about jealousy. We'll be turning back to our regular format. This week, we're not having any of our other segments, just the review.
0: So, again, we want to encourage you to send us some sexy email. Our email address is around at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Swingin' Around. Remember, no G at the end of Swingin'. Subscribe to our podcast. We're on both Stitcher and iTunes. And then also, please rate us on Stitcher and iTunes. We'd love to get some feedback from you. And finally, you can visit our blog, which is swingin-around.blogspot.com.
1: All right, everyone. Stay sexy and stay swingin'.
0: Are trying this again? This is another test?
1: Yeah, we're just doing a quick test. Just to I should the put levels. the
0: microphone up by my closest finger myself to see what it sounds like. Oh, I get the, like. that'd be... I don't think you'd really be able to get much Yeah, but you don't usually finger
1: yourself like that.
0: I'm not loud enough to make a noise. I'm gentle with my pe- my, my paint. I'm gentle with my bean. <laughs> Your bean. It's sensitive.